All right, let's stand and worship God tonight. He's worthy, and you know his anointing is here. God is here, and let's just enter into his presence tonight. Amen? God of justice, love, and mercy. Pour your spirit over us. We are hungry, we are thirsty for the promise of your kingdom come. Let your kingdom come. Let your The things that burn in yours We are church are calling out for The promise of your kingdom come Let your kingdom come Let your
Hallelujah. Listen, why don't you just pray with me tonight? Um, let's just get an attitude of prayer. Lynn and Larry Young, Larry had um, had been to the doctor and had some reports that uh, weren't good. The fact might be they weren't good. The truth is that by his stripes, that he's healed by the stripes of Christ. So why don't you just, um, in fact, why don't, why don't we just get together with somebody near us? The Bible says if two or three would come together. So I'm going to stretch you out of your comfort place and just get with two or three different people together. Just gather together. And I'm just going to ask you just to pray for one another. find somebody just just find somebody the bible says when two or more are gathered in my name i'm in the midst in their midst so just uh, just get together just get together just get together father we just ask just just pray for larry young just pray healing over his body right now in the name of jesus we just pray for your goodness to just overtake him right now in jesus name the kids, the children can get together with some of the adults in a group too. Let's not uh, let's 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 include them where we can. So, Father, we just ask your blessings, just release goodness upon Larry's life right now. We are coming in agreement, and we are standing for Larry Young right now. There's um, some tumors that they're going to have to test, but. Uh, just speak to those tumors right now to just dissipate, to dissolve, to dry up, to go away right now in the name of Jesus. And just release goodness, release healing, release healing, release healing upon his body right now in Jesus' name. Just release that right now in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Father, we just... Uh, now, if there's other needs within the body... Just your, your, your needs, your family needs or whatever. Let's just lift those things up. Maybe, maybe you've got some friends or family that uh, you don't need to come to Christ. Let's just pray for salvation. Let's just pray for them to have an encounter with God's goodness. Just to have an encounter with Jesus. To understand that he is Savior and Lord. Father, we just ask that you just bring forth those out of the kingdom of darkness and into your glorious light. Into your light. right now we pray for strength strength physical strength for you physical strength to endure emotional strength don't get wore out by the enemy don't allow the enemy to wear you out i'm going to pray for some of us just to rest just to come to a place of peace come to a place of rest right now in the name of jesus just just a rest just a place where you're you know, you're trying to work to gain God's approval. And God says, you already have my approval because you are my son. You are my daughter. Just release identity. Release identity. I release identity to you that...
that you are made in the image and the likeness of God, that you are, are, are His, and that you release glory. Now I'm asking you just to release the glory of God on their lives. Just release the glory of the God on lives. Just release that glory, the glory, the glory. There's glory in each and every one of us, that glory of God to be manifest in our lives tonight. Let the glory of God just be manifest in your lives tonight, right now, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Just take a few minutes and just release a peace. A peace, a shalom. We release a shalom. I release a shalom over Lynn and Larry's lives, over their minds and their hearts tonight, right now. In Jesus' name. I, I release a wholeness. A shalom. 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 Shalom to the reports of the doctors. Shalom. Shalom in the house. Shalom in their hearts right now. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. And everybody said amen. Amen. God bless you. Why don't you get out of your seats and greet somebody tonight. We're going to go ahead and dismiss. Some of the kids are over.
Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. God is good. God is good. All the time. You guys are spread out. Remember, we've got our parenting class going on, so the other half of us are in the parenting class that they're having. So they're having a good time in there, learning how to train up their children in the ways of the Lord. Amen? Okay, well, we're glad you're here tonight. It's nice and cool in here. Everyone say thank God for air conditioning. Oh, I didn't hear that. Thank God for air conditioning. Yeah, it's a blessing. So even if I got to cover up, it's a blessing, right? It's a lot easier to put something on than it is to get cooler. (laughs) I I chose my words. (laughs) Yes. All right. Well, we, let's see, it is, what, June the 12th? Can you believe that? Yeah? It's what? Remember, we've got... um, Back to school bash is coming up in July, so it's only like five weeks away. So it's sooner than we normally do it. So we want we want this to be an outreach. So we need your help. So the sign up sheet for the back to school bash to help with it. It's only two hours, but you know, we'll have a little setup time before and cleanup time afterwards. So so yeah, four hours. So an hour before, an hour after, so ten to 2 probably 10 to 2 11 to 1 is when the people are coming but 10 to 2 so come and be a part of that you know what we're giving away a thousand backpacks with school supplies Amen. one zero 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 hey that's a lot that's a lot so come and be a part of it guess what many hands make light work July the 20th, Saturday, July the 20th. So we need your help, you know, manning some booths and helping uh, give away things and take registrations and help set up and help clean up. There is something to do for every one of you. Oh, hey, there's something to do for every one of you. There we go. So that's I'm a poet and didn't know it. I'm on a roll tonight. Okay, so back to school bash. Also, Pastor Eric has been invited to go back. Well, we both have been invited, but Pastor Eric is going back to Africa. Yay! Côte d'Ivoire which is the Ivory Coast of Africa, the same place he's been two other times. And it's a big crusade, kind of like we went to in Mon, which was in a higher country whenever we went the last time. But it's going to be right in Abidjan. Like six million people live in Abidjan. And where the church is, they have uh, they have some land across the street from the church. So they'll set up the the tent and the platform and everything across the street so it is going to be majorly an outreach of salvation healing deliverance 
I mean, they've been in war again. He hasn't been able to go the last two years because it's not been safe enough to go. And they're saying that it's it's safe again in Jesus' name. So, um, so over the next few weeks, we want you to pray about what you would like to sow into the trip. Um, you know, it's not... When you sow into it, guess what? It's just like you're there. It's just like you're there. So... Um, he, he'll leave like the 1st of August through August 14th and, and, uh, I'm not for sure the exact dates, but I think it starts August 1st to the 14th. So Abidjan, Africa again. So, uh, we just want to, of course, bathe them in prayer, but it takes finances to send them. So 3,500 is what, what we, um, what we need to have to, to send him. Across the world. 30, 30. <laughs> now, they do have a, a medical center that was destroyed during the, the war the last couple of years. So, you know, whatever is given above that, they'll be able to sew into the medical center there. It's on the compound of the church facility there. So they'd really like to be able to rebuild that. And So anyway, so be praying for him and be praying for what God wants you to sow into his missions trip. Amen? All right. Well, I think that's it except for let's give to the Lord. And if you want to sow tonight, just make sure you put that it's for um, for Pastor Eric's missions trip. Right now he's the only one going anywhere, so just put missions trip Africa, and we'll know. So let's stand up again. Let's just bless our tithes and offerings tonight. Father, we love you and we praise you and we thank you for all the families that are here tonight and those that are in the parenting class and all of our children and and our youth that are having fun at uh, the swimming party. And Lord, we just, we thank you for our gathering tonight. We thank you for our families. We declare your safety, your protection over us. We declare your wisdom, your guidance, your instruction in our lives, Father. Lord, we want our lives to reflect you. We want to be your shining lights everywhere we go. We want to radiate the love of God. And, Lord, I just thank you, Father, that we have an opportunity to give tonight. And I thank you, Father, that you bless the giver. And, Lord, we thank you that you just give us the wisdom today and tonight and all through our our week here to just be able to touch people's lives with you living inside of us, coming forth in Jesus' name. Amen.
Well, good evening. How are you guys tonight? They, uh, they, uh, I'm excited about being able to talk about the Word of God. It just gets me excited. Has anybody got a testimony? We got a little bit of time. Anybody want to testify on the goodness of God and how good He is and what He's doing in your life? Um, so let's let's if you if you think this for you, then just come on up and testify. Okay, this is my testimony. My my brother's an addict. I mean, we all are we all are struggling addicts. And um, he got into some trouble back in December, and he was looking at 15 years in the penitentiary. Well, they knocked it down to nine years, and that's just what we thought he was going to deal with. Well, when he went to court, they gave him a year in county as trustee and that he was able to go to First Step in Oklahoma City. But you have to call every day. I'll call every day and call every day to get him in. Well, he got in, and he gets to go tomorrow. So he gets to not go to the penitentiary and go and meet up with the, you know, the, the AB, UABs, the Aryan Brotherhoods and everything. He gets to actually go and try new things instead of going back to prison and doing the old things. And that was just I just think that when he called, he called me when I was walking into church and when it was a free call and it was from him, I just knew right then that there's things so much bigger than what I'm going through that other people are going through that I could just lift him up and just say that I'm proud of my brother because he didn't give up. He's not giving up. I'm not giving up. None of us are giving up because we are the child. We are a child of God. And he, def- and he definitely is. And if we could just lift Nicholas Byers up in prayer tonight, I think that would be awesome. Thank you. Amen. Wow. Opening doors. Tell your neighbors that God opens doors. Anybody else? Any other testimonies tonight? Got another testimony coming. I think we can. We've got one more after this if you, if you, get, if you want to testify. I don't know. To me, it's huge. But... Um, I don't know how many know that I'm wanting to get back here uh, to Woodward. And that's right. And um, anyway, I got a, I've been like needing to do laundry. And so I've been saving this outfit for my second interview. Hadn't gotten the call. And I thought, oh, yeah, I'm just going to wear it today. At noon, I get the call, you know, that, and the call was, are you going to church tonight at Woodward? And I'm like, um, no, but I can. You know, so um, I had my second interview at 5.30, and um, it looks really good. The best thing is that he wants to get me here, and he said the best part that I've made statement was that I was coming back because of my church and because of God. And he said that is a drawing factor for him to get me here. So, That is, uh, wow. God will do that. Anybody else? One more? Somebody, they're like, let's go. Let's go. Come on up here. Okay. Pastor Shelley got it almost right, but not completely. <laughs> okay. One week we paid off our RV. No payment on that anymore. And all we had left was our house. And Terry finally... We're still going through some things on settlements and stuff, but got one to where let's just pay off our home. So we are completely debt-free. Thank you, Lord. 
The other part is we will slowly begin to migrate south. Pastor Eric, it's not going to be next week or next year. Just calm down, okay? <laughs> but slowly migrate, you know, and having garage sales and doing what we can to. We're going to keep our home and rent it out, but slowly migrate down south. We'll tell them why. To be with Jennifer. Her daughter. To be with Gracie. <laughs> so, anyway, God's great. He'll work everything out in time. You see, a lot of people would have thought that what happened to me in that wreck was so bad. I mean, I don't remember any of it still to this day. And I think that's a blessing from God that I don't remember some of it. Because it was probably not a very good time to go through. But he carried me through it. He got me through all of it. And he took what would be considered bad and has turned it into something great. And he's not through yet. He's just getting started. But through it, we were able to get the money to pay all this off. And now we're just going to see what else he's going to turn out because he's like I said he's not through yet when you recover you recover all and and over and above that's the kind of God my daddy is our daddy is and we need to realize that a little bit no more sometimes we need to get a grasp on that we are the children of the most high God Hallelujah. All right, I'm not saying goodbye. This may be later, but something. We've been with, well, Marty and Terry have been here since we came, since we started. And and uh, turn to your Bibles to John chapter 5. I want to talk a little bit about encountering his goodness. Um, tonight... As I was beginning to prepare for this message tonight, John chapter 5 is where we're going to go. We're going to look at verses 31 through 40. Mario, John chapter 5, verses 31 through 40. As I was preparing for tonight, you know, it's amazing how when you start reading things and you begin to start looking at your life and then you begin to start looking at the life of Christ and I'm challenging you tonight to read through the Gospels. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Well, Pastor, I've done that. Do it again. I've done it twice. Do it again. Do it again. Because it's amazing how we see different things in there about every time we read through them. But how many of you realize that I've come to a place personally, and I want you guys to come to a place personally that you just don't want or you're not settled with just knowing about Jesus. I want you to come to a place where it's not knowing about Jesus, but it's knowing him. I can know about my wife, but it's better... If I know my wife, are you with me? 
The relationship can be a surface relationship with anybody, but if you know them, I want to I be that way. In fact, I'm going to be that way. I am pursuing hard to be that way. See, God has hidden mysteries of his kingdom in these pages. Okay? And the Bible says they're not mysteries for you to understand unless you're a child of God and he wants you to understand those mysteries. Okay, this is a loaded question. All right? I want you to be extremely forthright in the, in the, in the, in the answering of this question. How many of you have read something in the Word of God that you just didn't understand? Anybody besides me? Okay, there's just a few of us. No, that's about every hand. About every hand is up. We've read something in there we didn't understand. And sometimes we just say, well, I just am not smart enough to understand it. I may not understand the context to understand it. I'm not educated enough. I don't have enough wisdom. I don't have enough revelation. And to be honest with you, that's not true. Because if you are a child of the Most High God, He's got mysteries that are there, those things that we don't understand, He wants us to get understanding of. I want to be able to experience God. And if His, if there's mysteries of the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven in these pages, I want us to understand how valuable this word is. I could go through the history of how the Bible was made, how it was first manufactured, how it came over to, the, to America. I could go through that. Did you know the Geneva Bible was actually the first Bible to come upon the shores of America? It came. It was in, actually written in Algonquin. It was Native American that first arrived with the settlers to be able to come here. I could go and tell you about all the martyrs that, that gave their life for this word of God. So this word is so precious. But what I've realized is if we're going to find the kingdom, if we're going to experience the kingdom, what is the kingdom of God? What is the kingdom of heaven? Some of you may be asking. It tells us in Romans that it's righteousness, joy, and peace in the Holy Spirit. It's having peace on the inside when things outside are not going good. Right? It's living in a place that's higher above the pressures of the world. It's living in a place seated with Christ in heavenly places. So if I'm going to be able to experience those things in the Word of God, then here's what I have to know. That I have to have a hungry heart. Hungry heart. There's this game with it that I saw years ago was the hungry hippos. And you would push this button and these hippos would open their mouth and they would, you know, they would, anybody know what I'm talking about? This is game, you know, it's like the hungry hippos. We've got to have a hungry heart. We've got to have this hungry heart within us in order to access and unlock the kingdom. Because I know some that may just come to the cross and be saved. And that's as far as they'll go. But I wanted to go on this journey of my life accessing the things in the kingdom because I am now at peace with some things in my life that years ago I wasn't. Because whether you can call it I'm older or more matured or whatever it might be, 
Though I believe it's my maturity in Christ and seeking Him and accessing that peace, which is like that transcends all understanding. I access that peace and I can operate in that peace no matter what's going on. So Jesus wants us to enter that life of peace. In fact, Jesus not only wants us to enter the life of peace, He gave and shed His blood so that we could have life and have it more abundantly. So, I want to enter that life. Don't you want to enter that life? I want to walk in that life. Anybody want to walk in that life? You know what I know? It's Wednesday night, and you guys are here. And you could have gone anywhere else. You could have stayed at home and watched your DVR. You could have done whatever. You could have done a bunch of different things. But I believe that you guys are the ones that have a heart that is hungry for the things of God. Have a heart that says, give me some more. I mean, that ice cream was good, but I want the whole bucket. Are you with me? Come on. You know, you have a heart that's hungry for the things of God. So that's why you're here. So I'm going to shake a little bit tonight. We're going to get into some things tonight. It's not knowing scriptures that's important to Christ. Listen, before you throw tomatoes at me. It is our response to the scriptures that reveals if we've truly understood both what God has said and his purpose for saying it. I know people that probably know scriptures more than I do. They can quote a scripture, give you the chapter and verse, and tell you where it's at in your Bible, but I can also, hello, look at their life And their life is not lining up with Christ. Can I get an amen? And I'm not saying that being judgmental towards them. I'm telling you that Christ understands about the Scriptures, but it's not just the Scriptures that's important to Him. It's living a life following after the things of God, accessing the things of heaven, and understanding that God, when we when we are revealed something that we truly understand it. We truly understand it. I got to understand it. I don't understand it. How do I, can I forgive? How can I release forgiveness to somebody? I want to not just, I want to truly understand it. And then I want to understand what God said and the purpose in which he said it. Are you with me? So I'm going to give you an example of where the scriptures to Jesus were not the most important thing. All right, let's look at this. John chapter 5. See, Jesus rebuked the Pharisees for their wrong responses to Scriptures. He rebuked the Pharisees for their wrong responses to the Pharisees and, and to the Scriptures, and he basically said, you guys know the Scriptures, but I'm the Messiah, the one that's in the Scripture, and I'm right here in front of you, and you don't see me. Why did the Pharisees not see Jesus being revealed in the Scriptures and then the Messiah, the identity of him was right there? So I'm, gonna, I'm just going to read through this. John chapter 5. Everybody there say, I am there. If you're not, I have put the Scripture up for you because I like doing that for you. I like to bless you. Um, verse 31. If I alone testify about myself, my testimony is not true. There is another who testifies of me, 
And I know that the testimony which he gives about me is true. So you can see Jesus, he's almost like telling the Pharisees, look, I don't have to testify about myself. If I do testify about myself, you're going to think it's not true. He says, but there's somebody else that will give testimony about me. And what he gives about me is true. And he goes on in verse 33. You have sent to John... And he, John, has testified to the truth. Verse 34. But the testimony which I receive is not from man. But I say these things so that you may be saved. He was a lamp that was burning and was shining. And you were willing to rejoice for a while in his light. Verse 36. But the testimony which I have is greater than than the testimony of John. In other words, let me stop right there just a moment and explain something. John had came testifying that somebody greater is coming than him. Because they were asking, John, are you the Messiah? John's the Messiah. John's like, no, no, I'm not the Messiah. In the scriptures that the Pharisees knew and studied and learned, they knew that there was a Messiah to be coming. So they studied the scriptures. And they were saying, but John was this light for a little while. And Jesus said he was a lamp and he was burning and he was shining. And they were rejoicing at John. But he was, while he was in the light. And then he comes back in in verse 36 and he says, the testimony which I have is greater than the testimony of John. All of a sudden he he is elevating himself above John. Do you see this? His testimony. For the works which the Father has given me to accomplish, the very works that I do testify about me. So you see Jesus, you see his works, and what he was doing was healing the sick, the lame were walking, casting out demons. Are you with me? He was delivering people. He was setting things straight. He was bringing those that were down up. He was healing and delivering and setting free He says, these are the very works that he does, and it testifies about me that the Father has sent me. Verse 37. And the Father who sent me, he has testified of me. You have neither heard his voice at at any time nor seen his form. You do not have his word abiding in you, and you do not believe in him whom he sent. Stop right there just a minute. You do not have... His word abiding in you. These are guys that knew the Old Testament. These are guys that, that, that would be able to quote you everything from Moses to Genesis to Exodus to Leviticus to, to all the way to Malachi in the Old Testament. These were guys that had studied their scriptures, had given their lives devoted to study the scriptures. And Jesus is basically saying this. Can I paraphrase this? You studied the scriptures, but you're not abiding in me. In other words, you may know everything there is to know, but you're not walking it. You're not abiding in me. He says, you not, do not have his word abiding in you. In other words, you don't have the Father's word abiding in you. I need the Father's word abiding in me. The Bible says that Jesus was the word, and the word became flesh, and he walked on this earth. The word, this is the word. The word in me 
can bring revelation. The Word in me can bring wisdom. But if I know the Scriptures and I don't see God standing right in front of me at times, I'm missing what God wants us to understand about His Word. So let me give you the, the last few Scriptures. So he has the witness. Basically, he talks about the witness of John himself. He talks about the witness of John, the works, the Father. And verse 38 says, You do not have His Word abiding in you, for you do not believe Him who sent me, whom He sent. Verse 39. Everybody there? Verse 39. You search the Scriptures because you think in them you have eternal life. It is these testify that testify about me, and you are unwilling to come to me so that you may have life. He says to the Pharisees, you are searching the Scriptures because in them you think you can get eternal life. And Jesus says, these have all testified about me. And now Jesus himself, basically in verse 40, he says, you're unwilling to come to me and I have life. We talked about it Sunday. That you look at the, the New Testament, you understand the New Testament, and when you look back into the Old Testament, you're looking for Jesus. You're looking to see the types and the shadows of Jesus. You can see Joseph and see types and shadows. You can see Moses and see types and shadows. You can see Noah and see types and shadows. If you begin to understand Jesus, you'll be able to look back and see that. He was standing there in front of the Pharisees, and he was saying, Hey, you know the Scriptures, but you don't even see me. Hello? I'm the Messiah. I'm Him. But they knew about the Messiah. They'd heard about the prophecies of, of Daniel and Isaiah and, and Zechariah and all of the prophets in the Old Testament. They knew about that. See, so there's a couple things as I begin to look at this. I realize that, number one, first was the witness of who he is. The very first thing. Jesus comes and he says, this is who I am. He's healing the sick, raising the dead. Don't you know that others saw him and said, that's God. That's not a demon. That's God. Others saw him that didn't know the scriptures, but yet they saw him. It kind of reminds me of Jesus saying, here's the witness. First, I'm going to witness or testify about myself. This is who I am. And I think it was 2 Corinthians. It says, by two or three witnesses, let everything be established. Now, a lot of times, some people, I, I use that scripture. So there's sometimes if there's two witnesses, I want things to be established. I look for the third witness. But Jesus had not only the, his own witness, but, but number two, he had the witness of who? John, right? Remember, we read the scriptures. He had the witness of John. There was the witness of John. Well, here, here's who I am, but you guys are following John, and John says, this is who I am. And then there's the third thing was the witness of the Father. Or excuse me, the witness of works. There's the witness of works. He said, look at the works that I've done. Look at these things that I've done. That's a witness and a testimony of who I am. Then the fourth thing is the witness of the Father. Say the Father. I mean, Jesus, Jesus just, just didn't go around doing what he wanted to do when he wanted to do it. He would look and see the Father and do what the Father would say for him to do. He was connected with the Father, so he would be able to... Are you with me? He would see these things, 
and hear these things and do those things. Oh, come on, somebody. Not just read the Scripture and meditate on it and then walk in your life the way you want to walk and do whatever you want to do. He didn't do that. He would see the Father and he would hear the Father and he would do what the Father said to do. And then the fifth thing is, there's the witness of the Scripture. The witness of the Scripture. See, the Scripture in the New Testament as well as the Old Testament, I'm not discounting anything of the Old Testament because the Old Testament should show us Jesus if we're looking for Jesus. If you're looking for the goodness of God, it, you can begin to see that in the Scriptures. Okay? So that there's a witness of, of Jesus. In John 14, said, 10, Jesus says that, his greater witness consists of two things. Let's just flip over there. Just hold your finger right there in chapter 5 and just flip over to chapter 14. John 14, 10. And I got mine covered up with a post-it note. John 14, 10. He says, Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own initiative, but the Father abiding in me does his work. Now, didn't Jesus say to the Pharisees that they are not abiding in him? But yet Jesus is saying, I, the Father is abiding in me. The Father's abiding in me. I am in the Father and the Father is in me. And Jesus also talked about abiding in me. If you abide in me, I will abide in you. I think that's something that we may need to explore at another time. But basically what he was saying is two things. If you're taking some notes, I would say write these down. The two things that he was witnessing of confirmed in John 14.10 was his works. Number one would be the works his miraculous works. Let me put it that way. His miraculous works. And the second thing would be the testimony of the Father. I know I didn't have that on the screen for you to write that down, but I didn't plan to give them to you. He was showing them, the Pharisees, that the witness, listen to this, listen to this, the witness of God is greater than the witness of man. We could have somebody, Terry could tell you how great I am. <laughs> and that would be a witness of him. But how many of you know, in this setting, his witness is okay, but the witness of God is even greater. Oh, come on, somebody. Some of you have to know that there is the witness not just of men, but of God. And the Pharisees were looking at the witness of men, and Jesus was saying, you're not seeing that. I'm going to show you that the witness of God is greater than the witness of men. Turn to somebody and say, it's greater. The witness of God is greater. The witness of God is greater. So listen, listen to this. God works and his word cannot be separated. His works and his word cannot be separated. Everything in existence came because He spoke it into being. 
In other words, they work in tandem. You know what tandem is? There's two together. You ever seen a semi go down the road and there's two trailers together? That's called a tandem. Two. Tandem. They work together. His, the Word, His works, and the Word, His works. Oh, come on on somebody. And the Word, my works, His works, and the Word, everybody, works and, works and. Now, we're not working to get saved. Hello? Say, I'm saved by God's grace through faith. It's not my works that saves me. Are you with me? But my works testify about God in my life. Oh, come on, somebody. They testify about God in my life. My works reveal who He is. Did you get that? My works reveal who God is. My, let me say it this way. My works can begin to release faith that others can see God in a greater dimension. I don't know if I could remember what I said. My works can lead others in a, my faith into a greater dimension of God. So Scripture leads to an encounter. Say that. Scripture leads to an encounter. Scripture leads to an encounter. So a lot of times people are like, well, I, I, I didn't read my word. Well, read it because gonna, you're going to encounter who Jesus is. You're going to encounter. Because of the nature of his word, God's primary purpose in delivering scriptures to us is to train us to anticipate and recognize him. His word is to help train us to anticipate and recognize him. As he reveals himself through his divine acts. Why do we testify on the goodness of God? Because it raises faith. It testifies about God and his divine acts. Jesus said that with evidence to the Pharisees. That he, they didn't have the word abiding in them. It was a fact. And that they believed Jesus hadn't come. But yet he had come. And he had come to give them life. He says, look, you don't even have the word abiding to you. And the word is what, if you got the word in you and had a revelation and understanding of the word, then you would see that I'm the Messiah and I've come to give you life. Okay. The primary or the purpose of the word is to prepare us for divine encounters that we might respond in faith. I read the word. It's preparing me for a divine encounter. So not that I know the word and can quote the word to you, but I can respond in faith. So if something happens in my life that is bad, I hear the word, I respond how? In everybody. Come on. Faith. That's right. Let's say it. Faith. So I look at the Word and I can see the Word. Don't be like a Pharisee. 
where you're just hearing the word or reading the word and you don't respond in faith. So if he says to forgive, guess what you should do? That is an encounter with God. Oh, come on now. Well, what do you mean, man? I mean, I mean, God just, I want him to come down and give me the, the goosey bumpies. Or the shakes, or the ho, or whatever it might be. That, you know what I mean? That those things. And God will do that, and I love that when that happens. But I'm telling you, when I can encounter God is when I can really release forgiveness on somebody that I had hurt me, or had been mean to me, or had abused me, or used me, and then I can see them and release forgiveness, and all of a sudden I've got a peace of God. I am now accessing through the Word, releasing forgiveness into their life. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? And I can see them and love them and hug them and say, you are amazing. You're a child of God and, and walk away and not have any regrets that God has had an encounter. And I mean, that I've had an encounter with God and he's encountered his love through me. Are y'all getting this? So the primary purpose of the word is to prepare and position us for divine encounters. So that's why the enemy wants to keep you so busy that he keeps you out of the word. You got a 15-minute break? I used to I used to get 15 minutes. I'd work from 6 o'clock and around 8 or 9, I would take a 15-minute break, and I would sometimes just, just read the word. And then I'd go back to work, and I wasn't taking 20 minutes. I was taking 15 because that's what I was allotted. And then I would go to lunch, and there were times I'd go to lunch, and that's all I would do. Instead of going out and being wined and dined with everybody else, I would slip away, and I'd get the word. Are you with me? And I would begin to have encounters with God through his word. And maybe it was because of the situation that I was going through that I began to start getting involved in the Word, and then I started encountering some things in the Word, and it's all about faith. Okay. Unbelief in our hearts. We can read the Scriptures, but fail to hear His voice. Has anybody ever read something, and you thought, I didn't get anything out of it? I didn't. You know why? Can I be forthright with you today? The reason being is because there may be some unbelief in our hearts and we really don't hear the voice of God or we only hear what we want to hear. The Pharisees, and I'm going back to the scriptures in John, the Pharisees did that. All right? They had unbelieving in their hearts and the Messiah was standing right in front of them. Why didn't they see him? How could they see them? I mean, we've all been there. Like, man, if I was a Pharisee, I'd have seen him. I mean, it's in Isaiah, it's in Daniel, Ezekiel. I mean, all the prophets prophesied that. They should have known that was Christ. I mean, how clear can you get? But yet they had unbelief in their heart. They read the scriptures, but really, is that really the Messiah? Could that really be happening now? Nah. And he was standing right in front of them. Okay, so unbelief, we can read that, but if we fail to hear God's voice, it's our unbelief that will stop that up. So here's, here's, here's something to think about. Unbelief blinds and deafens our heart to the voice. Therefore, faith is not active in us and through us. Unbelief can stop faith. Unbelief can stop 
faith. Unbelief can stop faith. And, it, and if it deafens my heart, my ears, or my heart to hear his voice, then faith is not active in me, and I won't do what daddy says to do. So Terry and I are sideways. I'm just using Terry as an example. Terry and I are sideways, and if my unbelief that God can heal this relationship, I'll never hear what I need to do from God in order to get the relationship healed, right? He may not either. So if I am operating in the unbelief, God can say forgive, and I'm like, I ain't forgiving him. What a nut. Are you kidding me? Never doing that to me again. I am not forgiving him. And then who's in prison? Is he in prison or am I? I may not have the physical bars, bars around me, but I'll never... God will, God's trying to work something in me. Are you with me? And I'll never, allow, I'll never allow his voice to penetrate because of my unbelief. And I may not see the miracle that is right in front of me or the goodness of God that is right in front of me. Come on, this is good stuff. If we fail... To hear his voice, we cannot help but fail to respond to God in the way that he desires. If we fail to hear his voice, we cannot help but to fail to hear from God in the way God desires us to hear from him. So let me break this down. If we don't believe then our unbelief blinds our heart, deafens my ears to hear the voice of God. See, when I first believed, I got connected to God. Oh, come on, somebody. Do you see how powerful belief is or faith? So, if I don't hear his voice, then I don't respond the way he wants me to respond. So if I, my unbelief that says, there's no way that Terry and I can ever be reconciled. There's no way that we can ever get along again. If I see him in a restaurant, I will avoid him. I'll go to a different restaurant. Oh, come on, somebody. We do stupid stuff like that. Oh, he's walking down that aisle. Oh, I, I need something over here. No, you just avoided him. So if my unbelief is that we no way that ever can be reconciled, there's no way that God can ever heal my hurt, there's no way that I can ever come to an understanding, then I'll never hear the strategies of God, what to do and how to do it. So let's look at that example of the Pharisees. The Pharisees did not have faith in Jesus, who he was and who he said he was. They didn't have faith in Jesus, not only on Jesus' witness, but they didn't have faith on John's witness. They didn't have faith on his works. They didn't have faith, oh, come on, somebody, on the witness. I mean, you talk about by two or three things, let everything be established. They had like four or five, and they still didn't believe in the faith that was right there in front of them. They had unbelief that that's who he was. So the Pharisees didn't have faith in Jesus and they responded with what? No you're not. God is a good God. No he's not. You don't have faith to believe that he is a good God. Now he hasn't been good to me. I mean there was a couple things that I wanted and it just didn't happen. Well maybe you didn't need them. 
Maybe it wouldn't have been good if you got it. Maybe, maybe that is the goodness of God. Come on, somebody. So we've got to have that faith because faith will allow us to hear from God. Without faith, it gives us understanding of what God is saying in His Word and we'll miss Him when He shows up. Without faith, we'll miss Him when He shows up and He may be right in front of us. There are some good things right in front of you. And some of us can't see it. Because we don't really believe that God is a good God. That he's a good God. And he wants good things for you. We think that he's withholding something from us. Or he's punishing us. Or he's holding things over our heads. So that's about the encounters of God's goodness. Will you stand to your feet tonight? Angela, would you come play just a moment? The Pharisees had unbelief in their heart. They read the scriptures, but didn't have an understanding. I recently was praying with Pastor Sean about something. And it says in Proverbs chapter 4, about wisdom, and it says, in getting all your wisdom, get understanding. And I was just like, I want wisdom. Anybody want wisdom? Yeah. But how, how, how many of us ever say, I need understanding? You know what I mean? I don't want the wisdom to be right in front of me like Jesus was and me not see it because of my unbelief. Hello? So I began to start thinking about understanding, understanding, understanding. And now I've come to a place where I can understand that the Pharisee had unbelief. That's why they couldn't see Jesus right in front of them. We'd say, well, I wouldn't be like the Israelites. I wouldn't walk around that mountain for 40 years and die off. <laughs> yeah, no, you'd probably be 60 for you. But what we do is we, we, we because of our unbelief, we let, we let, the voice of the enemy be louder than the voice of God. Or because we don't have a full understanding of what God wants to do, we don't do anything. We read a scripture and we, we say, I need to do that. And, and you might be able to have faith and hear the voice of God and God say, yeah, yeah, do that. And we say, eh, nah. I don't really, that wasn't really God saying that, was it? And we come to a place like the Pharisees. They had unbelief and Jesus was right there in front of us. If you don't have faith of God's goodness, if you don't have faith for his kindness, if you don't have belief for his love, if you don't have belief for gentleness, goodness, then you're not going to be able to trust God in anything. And there's something right in front of you that God's wanting to see. His goodness is right there. You may not be able to see just how good God is. You may not be able to see that you're a son or a daughter of God. I don't believe that kingdom of God stuff. I don't feel like a king's kid. It doesn't matter how I feel. It's not based on Faith is not based on how you feel. 
Because faith operates even when you don't feel like it. Hello? Faith will operate even if you don't feel like faith is operating. It's still there. Let me pray for you tonight. I'm going to pray that you recognize what the Father is doing in your life. The Pharisees didn't recognize what the Father was doing with His Son, Jesus. My pray for you that you have understanding and that you understand faith. And as you understand faith and you read the Scriptures, faith will begin to rise up and you are going to have encounters with God. Not just holy goosebump encounters, not just being slain in the Spirit encounters, not just, just weeping and crying encounters, but encounters that will change your life. Encounters that you'll say, this is the way God wants me to do it, and I'm a child of His, and I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can do all things. I can, I can forgive. I can release forgiveness. I can walk in power. I can walk in strength. I can walk in authority. I can be kind and gentle. I can love somebody even if they don't feel like they're loved. I can, I can overcome the hurts of my past. Just put your hand on your heart tonight. I pray for encounters of His love tonight that you will overcome the hurts of your past. Overcome those things in your life that have drugged you down, that have knocked you back, that may have sent you staggering, that may have even taken your breath away in a bad way, that your faith will rise up and you'll begin to see God's goodness right in front of you. I pray for you to encounter His goodness. Encounter His goodness in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Amen. Turn to your neighbor and say, encounter his goodness. Come on. Tell him, say, encounter his goodness. He's a good God. You tell him, he's a good God. He's a good God. God bless you. Listen, if you need prayer tonight, we're here to pray for you. We release you. Invite somebody Sunday, Father's Day. Get the family, get the friends, get the neighbors. Don't bring the dog. Bring everybody you can, and let's, let's, let's have a time with the Lord. God bless.